So in the past year, we've heard a lot about Vanessa Guillen and um, you know her sexual harassment and assault and murder at Fort Hood. And I think that that's given Fort Hood a really bad rap. Um, in our first conversation about Fort Hood, when you and I were chatting offline, you know, you brought this up and you gave some really great insight and perspective into why Fort Hood is still a great place and why we all have to be working toward positive change. So I don't want this incident to fall out of the forefront of our consciousness about this location, but I do want to talk to you and ask you, you know, what's your perspective on this situation and what advice do you have for people moving to Fort Hood and uh, people concerned about making progress at this base? I think first and foremost, you know, it is sad and tragic what happened to Vanessa Guillen. You know, you can never say enough or do enough when you lose a child, right? So my heart goes out to, to Vanessa's family. But what I want to what I want to say is that it's unfortunate that it happened at Fort Hood. But the truth is, insert Fort whatever. It could have been Fort Hood. It could have been Fort Bragg. It could have been Fort anywhere. The truth is it happens at every installation, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine. It happens. And here's why. The military is made up of men and women that come from every zip code across America. We are made up of men and women of Americans from everywhere. It is easy to look at the military under a microscope because you can. You can track us, you can look at us, and you can dissect us. But the truth is, our culture has to change. Our culture has to change in the military. Our culture has to change in society. And we have to start somewhere. That culture has to change in our vernacular, has to change how we how we raise our children, how we raise our sons and our daughters. And that's and when I say vernacular, here's an example. We can't keep saying, well, that's just the way boys are. We can't keep saying that, you know, girls just need to be tough and not be soft. It's okay that, you know, boys can wear this and not that and girls can, no. No to all of that. And part of the conversation is also that when we have discussions at the table, for so long, women have been asking for a seat at the table. And at the same time, I'm going to be that woman that says, not only are we fighting for a seat at the table, women, do not forget that the other 50% of that conversation is that man and the man must remain at the table. So not only are we asking for empowerment of women, we are asking men to empower women. That conversation has to be both man and women. And I'm asking men to rise up, to learn how to be an ally in this conversation. This is a tough conversation. It is going to be uncomfortable and you have to be comfortable with this uncomfortableness that there are going to be moments 
And it's going to take your courage and your character to rise up and to sit there in that uncomfortableness to do the right thing. In that thing with Vanessa Guillen's case, I asked myself as a leader, you know, as that case was unfolding, I think back to so many things that I learned as a leader, as a company commander at Fort Hood. And I asked myself, would I have realized some of those mistakes? Would I have caught those things? Did I, was even as a young captain, would I have realized that some of those mistakes, would I have made those mistakes? And I am pretty certain that no. No, because I know that I had some amazing leaders that were that taught me well, that trained me well, and were damn good at making sure that I wouldn't have tripped up like that. So then the next question I asked myself is, where is the disconnect between when I was a company commander to this company commander's generation? So these are questions that we've got to ask ourselves and ask, where is these disconnects? Are we moving so fast that we're not teaching some of these things? But it kind of goes back to, you know, to all, to all of this is that these are questions that we're going to continuously have, right? This is not an easy subject. And these are tough conversations to have. And this is another tough conversation on top of race on top of equality, on top of gender, right? And and I don't wanna say that it only happens to women, right? Violence happens against men too, right? Violence also happens uh, on both sides. And just because there was this giant investigation that happened at Fort Hood, that it's not still happening at Fort Hood. It's still going on, right? I don't want leaders to think that, oh, because there's this big investigation that everything is perfect. It's not perfect. It's still happening. So what I want leaders to take away from this and what I want soldiers to take away from this is that you have to go in with your eyes wide open that you've got to do the hard right. And who I'm more concerned about, it's not the lieutenant colonels of the world, right? I'm not concerned about the master sergeants, the lieutenant colonels, or even the staff sergeants, or even the captains. While they are going to be harassed too, don't get me wrong. I'm more concerned about the privates, the specialists, the lieutenants. Those are the ones that I'm more concerned about because they don't have a voice yet because they haven't found their voice yet. Those are the ones that tend to be preyed upon. Those are the ones that tend to be picked on. Those are the ones that tend to be bullied on because they don't understand the system yet, right? So I am asking our leaders, I'm talking to you, the NCOs. I am talking to you, our field grade officers, to look out for them, to mentor them, to guide them to have an open door policy. And I'm not just saying you put that in, in a memorandum and stick it up on a board. I'm saying that you open that door and you physically walk out that door and you go talk to them. Because I guarantee you some private is not gonna walk up to a field grade officer and say, hey, sir, ma'am, I wanna talk to you. Cause they're not, they're scared of you. That rank scares them. 
you have to create a warm and welcoming environment because this is still happening to them. And so that is the challenge is that you've got to be real to them. They've got to know that you're a person too, that you put your pants on just like they do and that you care for them. And I shared something last night at my retirement. My dad told me this at the very beginning of my career. And I didn't understand it at the, at the onset when he told me this, but I, I took it to heart and I said, I don't exactly understand it, but I'll try my best. And he said, Olivia, always take care of your soldiers first. Take care of them so that they know that you love them. And if you do, they will always take care of you. And I said, okay, dad, I really don't know what that means, but I'll try my best. But as I grew through my ranks, I understood what he meant. And it's the most simplest form of leadership. And when I understood that, it's this, it is so simple. And when I did it, it was the simple things of when I came back from my mission, they put my cot together. When I came back from being in the talk all day, while my, my food was cold, there was food on my bunk because I didn't have time to go to chow hall. You know, I, I didn't have time to do X, Y, and Z. They did something for me because I had put them first. That's what I'm talking about because they saw me as a person first and as somebody who gave two craps about them first, right? That's what I'm talking about. That is what we get paid to do as leaders. We don't do it for the glory. We don't, we damn as hell don't do it for the paycheck, right? So that is what I'm in, that is what I'm pleading for our leaders to do. We can't forget why we do this. We are charged to take care of the sons and daughters of America. That is the most prized possession. Because again, to have peace, we have to stand at the gates of hell. And we can only do that by having the best army. And the only way we're going to have the best army, we have to take care of the most prized possession, which are the sons and daughters. Why do, how do we do that? We have to honor them we have to take care of them and we take care of them by making sure that they can trust us and that simple trust is knowing that they can come to us right so it's a heavy and hard subject and i and i and i don't want you know people to feel like man i want to run away from that i want what i want people to walk away from this topic is that it's not just fort hood you're never going to run away from this it's going to happen anywhere. So go in with your eyes wide open, go in with an, with an open heart, with an open mind. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. Be an, be an ally, empower, do the hard right, and then hold those accountable. If you know that somebody, somebody did something wrong, it do not expect the person that was bullied to do, don't expect them to go through the system alone, right? Don't ask them, hey, what do you want to do? No, 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 no. You're the leader, right? You're the leader. Ensure that they're taken care of. You hit on a lot of really strong points there. Top-down servant leadership, creating space for men and women alike to report when they feel that something is wrong. And I think that all of that, and also the cultural change, the vernacular talking about how we are, need to shift our perspective of everyone being accountable instead of giving anyone any type of free pass 
all of that, I think, adds up to positive change. So having people headed to Fort Hood and headed to any duty station with that in mind and that responsibility on their shoulders I, as, a, as a country and as the armed forces, the family that we are, I think there's a lot of opportunity for us to make positive change in this environment. So we are out of time to chat any more about Fort Hood. So I'm gonna ask you one last question, Olivia. For our listener who's headed to Fort Hood, maybe they are in the car right now with the U-Haul or getting on the airplane to land in their new duty station. What are your biggest takeaways that you want anyone headed to Fort Hood to know and be aware of? Literally, Fort Hood is called the great place because you will have so much fun. There's so much to do. It is a gigantic state. You can never go wrong there. It's a great family place. It's a great duty assignment. Make the most of it. Yes, it's got a bad rap, but again, it's a mindset. Literally, it was 10 years of my life. I walked away as a changed leader and Texas has a huge piece of my heart and always will. And I challenge you and I dare you to come back to me after you've been assigned there that you cannot come back and say, I hated that place because I doubt that you can Uh, because it really is the great place. Thanks, Olivia. I really appreciate you sharing everything that you know about Fort Hood and being so candid, candid and open about your perspective on things that are happening there. So I want to give you the opportunity to share with our listeners where they can connect with you. LinkedIn, email, Facebook, website. Please go ahead and share that now. Absolutely. I am on Instagram as RCR Princess. You can find me on LinkedIn as Olivia Nunn. And I'm also on Facebook as Olivia Nunn. And I would gladly connect with you. And thanks for letting me be on the show. Yeah, no problem. This has been another installment of the Duty Station Download. If you'd like to join the conversation about what it's like to be stationed at Fort Hood or somewhere else in Texas, write to us and let us know. Our email is podcast at vertforce.us. If you like this content, share it with a fellow friend in Texas or anywhere in the United States or Oconus. Thanks for listening. <laughs>